Good morning, brothers and sisters. Peace be to you. A blessed new year and an overflowing grace of the Lord be upon you. As we enter the new year 2022, we must first thank God for guiding us and protecting us for the past year. Even during the pandemic time, His grace is sufficient. The past two years has not been easy for everyone. Because of the pandemic, it has brought anxiety and instability. However, let us not be discouraged because our Lord sits enthroned as King forever, and He is in control of everything. Praise God. The Lord is our shepherd. Every time when New Year arrives, I feel very excited. You know why? Because New Year means new beginning. It, it has new hope. What are your expectations for the new year? Will this be a good year? That's what we want to ask. Will it still be a COVID year? Well, will the, will the upcoming election bring about a renewal to our country? Will our economy, public safety, and people's lives be improved? And will our country prosper? Or do you see a bleak future ahead of us with lots of problems and hardship? Do you have wishes for your family, for your career? Well, we all hope that this year will be a better year than last year. As Christians, can we look forward to a better year ahead? The answer is yes. Yes. Yes, we can. Why? Because our God is our good shepherd who loves us, and he will lead us through. And that is the message of Psalm 23. Although Psalm 23 is a short psalm with only six verses, but it has helped many people. It transformed the lives of many believers, comforted the brokenhearted, strengthened the weak, and gave hope to the hopeless. Because Psalm 23, we can see that God is our shepherd, and how he takes good care of us and guide our footsteps amidst the challenging times. Well, you know, in the ancient time, people in the Near East, they like to use the image of a shepherd to depict their king. And in the Old Testament, the patriarchs and the prophets, they like to compare God to a good shepherd. Well, in the Bible, when Jacob wants to bless his son, in Genesis chapter 48, he said, The God before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walk, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys. He acknowledges that God is his shepherd. And in Ezekiel, the prophet declared in 34, Ezekiel 34, verse 15, said, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. That is God speaking to the people. 
and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. Yes, to the Israelites, God is their shepherd. And the Jews later also applied the image of shepherd to the king. Well, for sheep, sheep are often used in the Bible to de describe God's people, God's chosen people, whether they are Israelites or they are believers. But did you know that sheep are not smart animals? Well, when one thinks about smart animals, sheep rarely, if ever, comes to mind. Well, dogs, cats, Dolphins, monkeys, maybe, but sheep? Ah, never. Because sheep definitely are not included in the intelligent animal category. Sheep also are not well equipped to defend themselves. So they make easy targets for the coyotes and the wolves. They also seem always to be to getting lost. So the shepherd has to go and look for them and find them. And no sheep has ever made an incredible journey home after being accidentally left behind. Unlike dogs, cats, maybe turtle. I remember when I was a kid, uh, in, our, in our home, there are some stray cats. Stray cat. So our helper will catch them and then they will release them on the outskirts of the town. It's somewhere maybe 20 minutes drive. And you know, these cats somehow know how to, go, how to get home in spite of being put in a sack to be released. But, not, but this is not so for sheep. They will go astray. So they need the, the, the provision, the protection of the shepherd. Well, there's not much difference between man and sheep, especially in the spiritual aspect, because we are helpless and we often get lost and never come back to God. When David, when King David wrote this psalm, he knew what he was talking about. You see, in his youth, David was a shepherd taking care of his family sheep. And as an adult, God called him to be a king, to be the king of Israel, to shepherd God's people. So he knew what shepherd does. And all throughout his life, he faced many challenges, many hardship, prosperity, joy and sorrow, peace and war. And he fought many battles in every side. Enemies from without and enemies from within. And with the help of his God, of his shepherd, he was able to overcome. So he knows fully well that God is his shepherd. Let's take a look at the great shepherd as we turn our Bible to a very familiar passage that is Psalm 23. We can read it all together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. 
He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a very beautiful psalm. Well, from this psalm, we're going to take a look at two aspects, the shepherd and his sheep. And in the second, we'll look at the sheep and his shepherd. The shepherd provides the needs of the sheep. Verse 1 and 2 said, The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Well, we can see that the shepherd is very specific, careful, attentive, and thorough in his provision in taking care of his sheep. As you can imagine, the grass in Israel is sparse and in short supply. And water is almost non-existent. So the shepherd is critical to the survivor, for the survival of not only the sheep, but also the sparse vegetation. If the sheep was allowed to grasp or to graze too long in one spot, they will eat the grass down to the root, and the plant will die and may never grow back again. And also the, sh the shepherd must know the places where there is water, and if there is shed, so that the sheep can safely make the trip to the water and back to the camp in one day, because too long without water, and the sheep will die. So the, sheep, the shepherd provides the need of the sheep. Well, when we talk about needs, what are the needs that we have? We tend to think of material needs. Yeah, that is one part. But we have others. We have emotional needs. We have psychological needs. We have social needs. And especially, we have spiritual needs. And this spiritual aspect will affect our whole outlook of life. God not only cares for our spiritual life, He cares for our whole being. If you look at the gospel, we can see Jesus providing food and healing to meet the physical need of the people at the time. And he loves and accepts and welcomes tax collectors, sinners, and also the outcasts of society. He wants to, to love them so that they will feel they belong. And when his disciples were afraid, he always tells them, fear not, do not be afraid. Thus expelling their fear and give them a sense of security. He also forgives our sins, forgives sins and brought reconciliation with God. So our great shepherd, Lord Jesus Christ, in John chapter 10, he said he is the good shepherd. He is able to meet 
our every need. Physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, and most of all, spiritually. As He provides our needs, Jesus also gives us a very important principle in life. He said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, He said, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What are all these things? Physical needs, emotional needs, social needs. God knows our need as we prioritize God and His kingdom and His righteousness. God will provide our need. So Jesus said, do not be anxious about tomorrow because tomorrow, its day has its own trouble. Just trust in me. Yes, the shepherd provides the needs of the sheep. Secondly, the shepherd also protects the sheep from dangers. This is another important duty of a shepherd because the flock cannot take care of itself. In verse 4 and verse 5, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my, my head with oil and my cup overflows. We can see three aspects of the protection of God. And God promised that he will protect us as we move forward this year. The first is protection from adverse situation or difficulty in the environment. When the Bible said, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this referred to a gloomy, terrifying, and dark place. So dark that you cannot even see your fingers. Well, in our life, sometimes we are put in a situation where it seems there is no more hope. It seems everything is going from bad to worse. Maybe our pandemic is this considered the shadow of the valley of death? The valley of the shadow of death? Or maybe there are some situations in our life that threatens our health, our security, our family, our business and career, our relationship with our spouses, with children, with parents, with our supervisor, our boss at work. Well, our shepherds knows what we are going through. And He can protect us and lead us through this difficult situation. And also the temptations that comes our way, He will open a way for us so that we can stand firm. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 30, promise us that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. And God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape 
that you may be able to endure it. Have you experienced God opening up ways so that you can stand firm and pass through the valley of the shadow of death and emerge victorious? God is going to protect us. And the second protection is from our own ignorance and rebellion. The Bible says, what? The shepherd has a staff and a rod to protect us. Why? Because of our ignorance, because of our rebellion. It means that in our heart, even though we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are His children, yet the old man that is in us, the sinful nature, sometimes still active, and it make it easy for us to go our own way. So the shepherd has a staff and a rod. This long staff and a short rod are for protection and for guidance. When enemies come, he will use the rod to protect us. And when a sheep goes astray, he will, go, he will use his long staff and then to lead us back. So to the flock, the rod and the staff are a sign of security and safety. When we put our faith in Christ Jesus our Lord, we are given a new life, life that comes from God, life that comes from above. And to me, God also put an internal alarm in us, in the person of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. He will convict us when we sin. When we want to go our own way, the Holy Spirit will speak to us. He will say, the alarm will sound. and said, oh, this is not the right way. You are not supposed to do this thing. These are warning comes, that comes from God. But many times, we ignore this warning. So God, our Heavenly Father, will have to discipline us sometimes with His rod for us to come back again to Him. Just as it is written in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 and 6, it says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. So our Lord, our great shepherd, protect us from our own rebellious heart and our own uh, way of doing things our hard-headed way. And thirdly, protection from the attack of the enemy. Now, who is our enemy? Of course, we know it is the evil one who uses all kinds of tricks to deceive us and seduce us. But we, we must be aware also that Satan uses people to attack us, to bully us, to make our life difficult. But remember, 
These people, they are not our enemy, but they are being used by the enemy. So what must we do? We must go to, the, to our shepherd and ask the shepherd, ask our Lord to protect us. Now, King David has been attacked by friends and by foes alike. But as he faced all these challenges, he can say that, Lord, my shepherd, he prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And you, my shepherd, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Yes, David, in the face of this attack, he, he can face it. He can face them, and he is very relaxed. Do you detect any fear of anxiety in David as he faces enemies? No. You know, in the Old Testament, God's table, God prepared a table, and God, the table of God often represents the bountiful joy and grace that the Messiah want to give to his people. And when in, in the Old Testament, when it says that anoint my head with oil, it signifies what? That God's protection and God's bountiful, ample supply is going to be in our life. So in other words, when we encounter hardships, setbacks, difficult situations, or difficult people, we can always look up to our shepherd whose protection and provision are sufficient for us so that we can face these challenges with our head held high. Not only the shepherd protects the sheep from danger, thirdly, the, the shepherd preserves the well-being of the sheep. In verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What is goodness? God's goodness is His, His blessing that were given freely to us. And by the way, have you counted God's blessing that He has given you the past years? Sometimes what we see or what we remember are the so-called the misfortunes that happened to us. These are always on our mind. But let us have a habit of counting the goodness of God because surely goodness will follow us all the days of our life. And mercy, mercy is a beautiful word which connotes the, con the covenantal love or the covenantal loyalty of our God, His unconditional love for us. So goodness and mercy are two forces that support us so that we will not retreat. We will stand firm and have the power and the strength to move forward. I read in a commentary that says, our English translation of this verse lacked much of the nuance of the original Hebrew verse. Because this verse is translated, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. 
when you say shall follow me, it is in the passive form. But this author said, no, this verb, it is in the active form. So it says, perhaps a better translation is, surely goodness and mercy shall pursue after us. So it's pursuing us. It's not active. It's not passive. But actively pursuing us all the days of our life. Yes, our whole life, God will not leave us. He will not forsake us. His love will not disappoint us. And because of that, David can say that because of this, because you are my great shepherd, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yes, if this is also our shepherd, whom should we fear? The unknown? The uncertainty ahead of us? No. The COVID pandemic? We don't need to fear. The situation that, we are, that you are in right now? In Romans 8.37, Paul said, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are secured in Him. Praise God. Because the Lord is our shepherd. Well, as sheep, what must we do? But wait, there is one catch in here. There's a little word that is in the most important verse in Psalm 23. And what is that? Let's take, let's take a look at verse 1, the first sentence. The Lord is my shepherd. The important word is the word my. This is very, very important because this shows the personal and intimate relationship between David and the Lord Jehovah. Because David personally knows his shepherd. So what must we do? We must personally know our shepherd. I must personally know my shepherd. That I hope I pray that each and every one of us, we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. Not that I think he is my shepherd. I hope he is my shepherd. No, we have to be sure. If we look at from verse 2 to verse 3, we can see a pattern. From he to you. From he to you. Verse 2 and verse 3. He said, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Uh, he, He, He. 
And then in verse 4 and 5, he said, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. See, verse 2 and verse 3, he said, he, he, he. Verse 4 and verse 5, he said, you. Now, this is a very close personal relationship. Especially after David walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And it is through hardship that David experienced more the reality of his shepherd. How about you? Is the Lord your shepherd? Do you personally, personally know and experience him to be your shepherd? How do you know it? Well, the Bible said it is by faith. As we by faith acknowledge him, and accept Him, and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He will be the shepherd of our life. In John chapter 1, it said, But all who did receive Him, who believe in His name, He gave them the right to become the children of God. And in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own, what? Know me. So first, we must personally know our shepherd. Second, I must wholly depend on my shepherd. Because from this psalm, we can see that the shepherd takes good care of his sheep. So, what does the sheep do? What do they do? They need only to be obedient and rely on the shepherd. Likewise, we need to wholly depend on our shepherd. No matter what's the circumstances, no matter what we are facing, our shepherd can handle it. What he wants from us is to rely wholeheartedly on him and enjoy his abundant supply and his guidance. Absolute surrender and wait wholly on him. And the third one is, I must totally consecrate myself to my shepherd. I must totally give myself to the shepherd. In verse 6, continue said the last verse, the last sentence said, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, this is David's heart desire. He wants to live, to be in the house of the Lord forever. And he publicly declared to everyone. This become his bow to the Lord because he wants to be close in the presence of the Lord. How about you? Since we have such a great shepherd, are willing, do you have that desire to be in the house of the Lord forever? I want you to think about this. I want you to think before you answer. Now, I have a question for you. Why did the sheep be in the temple? So the, 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 the priests are in the temple, right? And when do the sheep go to the temple? When it is, for, when it is time for what? For sacrifice, for burnt offering. When people want to, co want to complete uh, 
to completely dedicate something to the Lord, they bring a ship. So what does it mean? It means that David said, I want to be in the Lord, in the house of the Lord, as a living sacrifice. I want to give myself fully to the Lord. Just like in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, the apostle Paul, after he makes uh, uh, from chapter 1 to chapter 8, it talks about how the Lord changed our lives, how we have uh, this redemption from the Lord, and how the Holy Spirit works in the life of believers. He made an appeal, and he said, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, you are to present your bodies as living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice. It is holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So the third response we can do is we need to consecrate and give, give ourselves as an offering to Him who loves us and who saves us. Praise the Lord, because the Lord is my shepherd. Whom shall I fear? And as, as we look forward the future, we can have security. We can know for sure because of our faith, because of what the Bible said, the Lord is my shepherd. And as I end, i like for us to look at Psalm 23 one more time. Okay? The Lord is my shepherd. That's relationship. I shall not want. That's supply. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And that's rest. He leads me beside still waters. That's refreshment. He restores my soul. That's healing. He leads me in path of righteousness. That's guidance for His name's sake. And that's the purpose. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that is testing. I will fear no evil. That is God's protection. For you are with me. That's faithfulness. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's discipline. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's hope. You anoint my head with oil. That's consecration. My cup overflows. That's abundance. All the days of my life. Uh, surely goodness and love shall follow me all the days of my life. That's blessing. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. That's security forever. And that's eternity. Shall we pray? Father, Lord, we want to thank you because you are our great shepherd, our good shepherd. You take good, cares of, good care of us. You lead us in a path of righteousness for your name's sake. Even though there are lots of troubles, 
difficulties ahead of us. But we need not be afraid because you are with me. And surely your goodness, your mercy, your love not only follow us, but pursue after us all throughout our days. Lord, help us to cling to you, to know you personally, so that you will be our, my shepherd personally. Know you personally, have this kind of relationship with you. And Lord, help us to rely on you, to wait on you, and to consecrate our life for you. As we look forward this new year, we know that you will not leave us. You will not forsake us. Praise the Lord because you are my shepherd. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.